Well, the deacon is, is away in uh, Louisiana. He went to go see a, the ordination of a classmate. And so I enlisted the help of Josiah Dovan, who's uh, one of our seminarians. He's actually working for us this summer, but you only see him during the week because he's helping Mr. Summerall with the uh, landscape and maintenance around here. Uh, so he's helping us around. He's from Sheridan, Oregon, uh, originally from Good Shepherd Parish and is staying at the cathedral, but it's good to have him here with us this morning. So, you ever notice how there's different outcomes with people in similar circumstances? Like, I mean, what, why is that the case? Why, for example, among the first apostles, 11 became saints and one became like the most notorious traitor ever? Or how about sometimes in, the, in students in a poor inner city school, that some of those students will grow up to be surgeons and teachers and lawyers and others will spend the rest of their lives in jail? Why do some children go on to become great athletes while others, perhaps with the same coaches and maybe even more talent, don't make it? Now, there's, there's many reasons for the disparities of these outcomes. But one of the most basic reasons is human freedom. Some people are more receptive, more responsive to coaching, to education, to grace than others are. It's a question of human freedom and how an individual will decide and act in the circumstances with which he finds him or herself. And this is a major reason why these attempts at imposing equality of outcome is always doomed to fail. It does not take into account human freedom and human choice. Well, I was thinking about that and fitting in these summer days when we're, we're going around and we may even have our own gardens, we see crops growing, all sorts of stuff growing. The church in her wisdom gives us this parable to consider in the middle of summer. One of the longer parables that our Lord gives us. The seed is the word of God. And the Lord, through Isaiah, speaks of the word as the rain and the snow. The rain penetrates the soil, and the word of God penetrates the depths of the human heart, revealing the thoughts and the feelings, putting that heart in a state of decision. And that's what this parable is supposed to do, to penetrate our heart, to put us in a state of decision. The human heart is the soil. You know, in the Bible, too, the heart, of course, is the center of the human person. The heart is where we think, where we decide, from which we act. This is the heart is where we exercise our God-given freedom. And so fundamentally, our freedom is the ability to open up or to close off ourselves from the Lord like a clam. God's word is efficacious. Right? There's an equality of opportunity here. God's word is efficacious. But our freedom determines whether we resist it and may render it unfruitful or cooperate with it to make it fruitful. Our heart can be bad, unfruitful soil, or we can allow the Lord to transform our hearts into good soil, 
And so in this parable, Jesus is, is asking us to take, take a soil sample of your heart. To see how we receive and respond to him. To all that he teaches and all that he wants to do in our, in our hearts. He is the sower who goes out to sow. And he ultimately sows himself. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. John 12. The Lord sows his word, his grace, himself, his body and his blood. All that he is and has. And he does this liberally over all four kinds of soil. Hardened, rocky, thorny, and rich. So let's walk through those four types of soil real quick. First, hardened soil. A path is hard, is compact. And the soil of a well-worn path won't cake up on your boots when you go on a hike. That's one of the reasons I love hiking on a trail. But can anything grow on a path? Sin makes our hearts hard. Because sin means turning away from God's love, telling him no on some level. But the Lord doesn't leave us alone. He keeps coming after us. He continues to provoke us, to calling us out, to inviting us. And so if we want to persist in that, in sin, unrepentant, what do we have to do? We have to, we have to turn away from him. We have to harden ourselves to that love. You, think, you can think about it. When, you, when you've hurt somebody that you love, right? it's happened to me too, it's hard to look that person in the eye, isn't it? It's painful. It's the same with God. If we're unrepentant and sin against him, it becomes unbearable to be in his presence. We can't bear to look at him in the eye or to have him gaze lovingly upon us. And so when we harden our heart, we bring about a hardened attitude in life. And so if we're looking in our hearts where, where our hearts might be hardened, we look to the place of unforgiveness, a lack of trust, an unwillingness to change, to learn new things, to be challenged, to be drawn out of our comfort zone in discipleship, to go where Jesus is inviting us to go with him. Second, rocky soil. Rocky soil is good soil, but it's shallow. So the Lord's seed cannot take root. So it'll sprout, but it cannot survive. Right? This is, the, this, this is the, the seed that begins to grow. It doesn't have roots so that when things become difficult, when there's some sort of challenge, that we give up. And so this kind of soil in the heart is, that, is a kind of a conditional discipleship. This is saying yes to the Lord, but, and then fill in the blank. Yes, Lord, but, fill in the blank. 
And it, it involves a struggle for ultimate control over our hearts. Yes, Lord, you can come in, but let me tell you how you should act. Not letting the Lord be the center of our hearts. Lord, I believe in you, but just don't place too many demands on me. I'll come to you when I have time. Don't ask too much. Third, thorny soil. This is the soil that's crowded with other things, that chokes the word of God. It's these other things that are eating up all the space, the water, the nutrients, the sun. This is the kind of heart that lets the world and the things of the world drown out, crowd out, and choke off the word of God. And this can take a host of forms. Too much screen time, pursuing pleasure, career, power, prestige, making a name for ourselves, finding our identity and clothes in friends or possessions, simply being too busy. It could be that we acquire so many things and surround ourselves with so many things that they take all of our time and attention. And notice what the good plant is competing with, thorns. What kind of fruit comes from thorns? Well, the thorns aren't going to produce a good fruit, except for maybe blackberries, all right? But they have their own problems, <laughs> right? And so, so the, this, this plant that's not going to produce the good fruit is hogging the soil, the water, the sun, the nutrients, to, and kills off the good plant. And so this is the soil which we look into our hearts to think about, what's keeping me from prayer? What's keeping me from Mass every Sunday and Holy Day? What's keeping me from taking that next step in discipleship? What's keeping me from helping others? What is, what is, what's crowding out, choking off my spiritual life? And then there's the good soil. This is soil doing what it was made to do, bear, to, to, to cultivate and to bear fruit, to bring forth an abundant harvest, whether it's a hundred or sixty or thirty-fold. How rich the harvest can be. And the Lord gives us in Isaiah an unconditional and infallible promise of a good harvest. My word shall do my will, achieving the end for which I sent it. So let that word from Isaiah sink in. This is what he wants to do in your heart and in my heart. My word shall do my will, shall accomplish what I want it to accomplish in this soil. It's a triumphant proclamation. And so all four types of soil can exist in the different parts of our heart. So again, we take that soil sample. Where is the soil hardened? Where is it shallow and rocky? Where is it being choked by thorns? And so let's be honest with ourselves. This is what the parable is supposed to do. It's supposed to cut through the nonsense to get to the point. Let's be honest with ourselves where, where that is and turn to the Lord. Right? This, is, this, is, this is the question of our freedom. Do we open up to that word or close ourselves off to it? And, and even in those places where it seems 
hopeless, right? Maybe it was a part of our heart that's being hardened. And Lord, I don't know what to do with that. All he asks is to open it. Because this is what he's going to do. He uses the best tool to clear that soil. His cross. You take the cross, you turn it to the side, it looks like a plow, doesn't it? And that is what he's going to do. He's going to take his cross and he's going to plow the soil. And that, his cross can plow the hardened heart. It can clear out the rocks. It can clear out the thorns. Because the cross can change the quality of our soil. Because the cross is the tree of life. And so that's why we don't have to fear those daily sufferings. Small and great, every moment when, the, when we notice the cross in our lives is an opportunity to change the quality of our soil. That's why St. Paul says, I consider the sufferings of the present time as nothing compared to the glory that is to come. St. Paul knows the harvest that comes from our, the, our hearts being plowed by the cross. So the powerful word of God, who is Jesus, working with our freedom, can transform our hearts into good soil. All we need to do is open it up, open it up to him. And we see it again and again in the lives of the saints. Right? These men, women, and children show us in every age what examples of good soil looks like. And so the word of God has just been proclaimed here in the, in the sacred liturgy to rend our hearts open, making them ready to receive his word and soon in the mass, the word made flesh to receive his body and blood in the, in the Holy Eucharist. So whatever kind of soil our hearts are right now, let's open it up to the divine sower. Thank mm -hmm. you.